Rusted Bucket Media Corporation. Hey everybody, this is a 401 experiment and this is the intro for the next episode of What's 401 Listening To. Uh, this episode is Jeffrey Lewis, A Turn in the Dream Songs. This one was recorded uh, last Saturday night. I think I give the date in the episode, but what's good about this episode is... It was less than a week turnaround since I gave uh, all the files to DJ Consequence for him to sort of manipulate and make into uh, something that's kind of fun to listen to, which is really nice because the previous episode, Strawberry Jam by Animal Collective, took about a month to do, but we've sort of worked out some, some tips and tricks and things to make the process a little more streamlined, so... There's that. So without any further ado, here's the next episode of What's 401 Listening To with the guest DJ Consequence where we discuss Jeffrey Lewis's A Turn in the Dream Songs. I hope you enjoy. What is the 401 listening to? 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 Like, is that necessarily a bad thing? Like, why are we saying that with stupid voices? Okay. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of What's 401 Listening To, where me, your host, 401, kind of takes a listen at some some kind of music, and then I discuss it with either myself which is kind of a one-sided discussion, or a guest that I might have. And today's guest is a repeat guest, DJ Consequence. Say hello, DJ. Hello. How, how are you fine people out there? I they're, hope you're doing well. I'm great. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. So uh, it's November 28th. It's raining in Houston. What's the weather like in Minneapolis, DJ? It's cold out. It's cold. It's at least 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So DJ yeah, Consequence. it's winter now. It's winter. It's winter now. DJ it's Consequence did a episode two with me. That was uh, Animal Collective Strawberry Jam. And he's been working on that for quite a while. And I got to tell you guys, I've listened to it. I've listened to 10 minutes of it. And it's going to turn the podcasting world on its ear. I am not kidding. And then we did episode four together, Pale Green Ghosts by John Grant. Now, the interesting thing there is Strawberry Jam is a record that we we're both very familiar with. Pale Green Ghosts is something that DJ was very familiar with. And this episode, episode five, where we discuss Jeffrey Lewis's A Turn in the Dream Songs, is something that I'm familiar with. So we were discussing this earlier. The, the new format for this might be one week we do something that DJ Consequence is familiar with, one week we do something that we're both familiar with, and another week we do something that I'm familiar with. You want to elaborate on that, DJ Consequence, please? Uh, sure. Just the general idea being, you know, if there's going to be a purpose behind uh, what we're doing or if there's going to be some common thread, I thought it would be interesting to use it as an opportunity to turn people on to things. Or, you know, like I sure. said, specifically if it's you and I, for you to point out something that maybe you know I'm not familiar with and tell me to listen to it with a more critical ear rather than it just being 
in a list of bands that you should check out, making it a little bit more deliberate to, you know, actually giving something a solid listen or two and actually trying to yeah decide how you feel about it, whether you love it in the end of it or not, you'll be a little bit more educated, so to speak, you know, because I think my, my way of listening to music is not even always about just sheer enjoyment. It's a lot of times it feels more like homework in a way, like I'm listening to this because I want to understand this musical perspective in a way so and that's how i would view it homework is not a dirty word here you actually you say homework as a thing that you enjoy right right that's what i mean like study you know the idea that you don't just listen to music because you enjoy what you're listening to like you want to try and develop a taste and also just because i like to nerd out on that stuff and be like yeah let's have it be a meticulous arrangement like one episode is what you're into one episode is what i'm into the next episode is something we both yeah know that we can talk about and actually have more of an opinion on because you're going to be probably guiding this one although like i said i did take notes so yeah no that's awesome you know i took very sparse notes this time for what i mean they're all sparse like it's what do you think of dungeons and dragons is that ever something that you get into do you think I don't think so, only because, um, just because it, games in general don't really do much for me anymore, in the sense of, like, I don't, and it's, part of it is just, like, I need to get my life in order to the point where, like, I was able to satisfy the things that I feel like I need to do, you know? Yeah. Like, which is to say, like, in my free time, I'm pretty much just working on music, like, to the detriment of my social life a lot of times, even, so it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's my point is I need to get to a situation where I'm playing music regularly enough or during the day enough that I'll have time to enjoy things like games. But right now, I don't know, there's just no time for it, you know? Well, the reason I ask is because Sad to say. you talked about nerding out on something and then that got me thinking like, oh, well, there's Dungeons and Dragons people. I wonder if they like get their own little microphones and make their own little Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Possibly, very probably. I mean, with the internet now, I would not be surprised. And I'm not even saying I wouldn't. I, I could totally see myself getting into a game like that. Oh, but, yeah. But again, it's like I feel like my time for gaming has kind of come and passed. Like even video games, they just don't really hold my attention anymore. I don't know. I'm addicted to music. And like I said, that's pretty much all I have time for in my free time anymore is like trying to make stuff and trying to mix and whatever else. Like, I don't even have enough time to listen to music these days, much much less sit down and play, like, a board game that's going to take 16 hours or something. <laughs> In those past two episodes, did we ever talk about your history with music itself, DJ Consequence? I don't know. I don't, have you done that yet? No. Because you, you, should, you should do the reverse of what I did, probably, at some point. I don't think we have, really. Which is get your background? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, maybe not this... That's a little teaser for a future episode. Our origin stories. We're getting a little off task here. Uh, Let me talk about my background with this masturbating bear haiku. Or with the artist, rather. Oh, that'll play in the sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Masturbating bear. Masturbating bear. Okay, here. Watch this, watch this. Furry paw, reach down. Touch yourself on the nutsack. Masturbating bear. That's a haiku, bro. (laughs) That's a haiku. 
if my masturbating bear haiku doesn't, because now you'd have to cut all that out. I'm going to say masturbating bear every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my background with Jeffrey Lewis is uh, I was cleaning up my office. I'll call it an office. Either uh, at the beginning or the end of a work year. And I had Pandora playing, and as I usually do. And it was a Daniel Johnston was the tag. So that's... I was in a big Daniel Johnston phase. And, ooh, that'd be a good drop for some fucking Daniel Johnston s- stuff. And I swore. So that's another drop. I'm going to keep you saying, ooh. <laughs> She's not in there. <laughs> I just... I, got, I get excited. And, uh... Jeffrey Lewis came on and it was the song back when I was four and I stopped what I was doing and I walked over to my jukebox. Yeah. So, uh, you, this is probably the only album you've heard by Mr. Lewis. Oh, correct. What's your background with it? How'd you come by, uh, the CD or the album or, um, we did a thing where we like, you bought me an album and I bought you an album, right? Is that how it worked? Yes, and I'm trying to... Did you get me Fall Be Kind? No, that was... Like, I got you that yeah. before that. You um, bought like a hella CD I would have picked that up on my own. And you gave uh, me Close to the Edge. It wasn't something it wasn't like, yeah, close to the Edge, I get you like Stevie Wonder but, or something. Uh, it might have been... Because that was more recent. Point being, you bought me... You. Oh, was it Holland? You bought me the CD and I honestly didn't really listen to it very much. No, yeah, you sure didn't. We listened to it that night, because that was like the night before we were moving up to the cities, and I think you were going back to Texas, probably. Yeah. Relatively after then. It was that It was that Magnetic Fields show. Oh, that was so great. That was what it was. That was really fun. That was the first time I met Vietnam uh, now. Oh, that's right. Vietnam was there, yeah. What do you think of the art on this record? I thought it was fantastic. It's very... Uh, I, I liked how information heavy it was. Like I can like even like I said I don't always study it the same way that you do anymore. But what do you, what do you mean by information heavy? Well, just where I don't even know if I have it. I don't think I have it on me. It's in the other room. Just like all the lyrics and like pretty detailed description of who's doing what. Yes. Okay. In that's, terms of like the the personnel and the lineup, they're really. That's what I thought you meant. <clears throat> yeah, they actually really give you a good amount of information is my point which is cool yeah that's the best that's the best ever that's what i really and when i was growing up that's what i liked doing is i liked just reading every word like tool was really good at that too like they would hide things and just play kind of tricks and stuff and yeah we talked about this in the last episode yeah yeah we we talked about this in the jam cast but yeah, yeah but no one's no one's heard that no it's true because it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, uh, um, all the artwork was done by Jeffrey, except there was hand lettering done by a lady named Katie Parker. So all the lyrics were hand lettered by her. And did you notice that the comic that he draws in there incorporates lyrics from all the songs? I did notice that. That's that, that's what I mean. It's like the package itself is very killer's time put into it. I always appreciate that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and the. Uh, he, I ordered it off his website, and he signed it. If so, that was really him, or it was like maybe one of his like many assistants. One of his uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Lewis interns signed my record. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Okay, track one, To Go and Return. Uh, starts out the album. Uh, kind of a, a little, I think you call it a trill on a flute. And then just really, really great lyrics and kind of like a full band comes in. Yeah, I was going to say there's, what I noted throughout the album is there's, I think there's maybe three or four songs where they really do a much fuller instrumentation and kind of arrangement. Yeah. It's like there's cellos and there's some horns going on. There's a mandolin kind of pretty prominent. Like, uh, the outro is really cool. Like, I kind of want to sample like that crazy violin that goes nuts there. You notice how they kind of, it's its the same instrumentation throughout in terms of like the general band, you know, it's kind of just a band, but then you can tell they're playing around a lot with production in terms of like, what are they going to add in, in terms of, you know, there's kind of these extra textures, whether it's the horns or whatever else. And this one, I think stood out in that, in that regard, like it seemed the most fully uh, developed in that, in that sense, I think. Yeah, Definitely. Or one of the most fully, again, there's like this and maybe two other ones that really, I think, stood out in that regard to me. So yeah, this this was definitely one of my favorites. For sure. I agree. Uh, Next song is How Can It Be? And this one is sort of, it reminds me of stuff that's on, I didn't know it at the time, but previous Jeffrey Lewis uh, records have songs that sound similar to this one. (laughs) You know know what I wrote? What's that? I wrote, I wrote forgettable-ish. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess what I mean is, like, I, I can appreciate that I think, for the most part, he's really doing stuff that's interesting with his lyrics, but I feel like, again, just the instrumentation and the way that it's kind of put together, some of the songs seem a little bit... Like, it seems like he has a definitely kind of a three or four different types of songs, you know? Yeah, that he kind of yeah, implements. yeah, yeah. And so you can kind of hear the way he's he's applying different things to those different styles, and yeah, I could I could see you saying this one sounds like maybe his older stuff because it does seem a little bit more like I don't know, not straightforward necessarily, but kind of more like okay, you hear it, you hear the first part of it, and you're like, okay, I pretty much got it. Yeah. You know? And again, I I know if I was to spend more time with the lyrics, it would probably jump out at me more, and I, I would get more out of it. But since I haven't listened to it a ton of times, like I just I, this one was. No, it's a great, one. it's a super great, like, breakup song where you can, like, look back at all your breakups and be like, God, damn it, damn it. yeah, this makes me feel better about all that stuff. You know, it's funny, I wrote Forgettable-ish, and now that you're, like, actually talking about it and I'm just looking at the title, I'm actually oh, hearing the melody, so I can't How can it be you still love him and not me? Does it really add up mathematically? How, how can it it's rememberable-ish. Because I'm thinking of how I made you laugh. And I'm thinking to be totally fair, all of my opinions here are very much like kind of gut reactions. Follow one exclusive. That's what we're going to get when it's, you know, something that you've listened to a lot and something that I've heard maybe three or four times all the way through and really tried to absorb, you know? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab another beverage. You start, like, talking about the next song. This will take Dr. Dog does a background vocal and he sort of, uh, well, let me tell you what it actually says on the booklet. It says, with Dr. Dog on backing vocals and vocal arrangement. Don't make it true, just because it's where you've been cited. It don't 
like it's true just cause it's what you've decided Oh it's a logic that's wrong, why are you there for so long? This one was very much a standout for me the first time I heard it I was like okay this is great Yeah Yeah cause How Can It Be is a great breakup song But I Got Lost is a good meet up song yeah, it just seems yeah, it doesn't seem quite as like I don't know, it's it's dramatic in a different way. It's not so like I don't know. It does it seems more like yeah, like he's actually trying to relate to the other person a lot more. That, that guitar part too is just something that it seems like you've heard a million other times before. Yeah, just, I, and just thinking about, about the instrumentation of it really is it's a it's a pretty song. I wrote down orchestration for this one. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, this, and yes, again, compared to the previous ones, it's just so much more, it's like down-tempo and really a little more contemplative, we'll say. Track four. What? Okay, track four is Boom Tube, and there are no notes for this one in the liner notes, so you basically just have to listen to it, and it's probably the most four, well, no, because there's a four Draz, or from Draz, Later on, that's another uh, sort of sister track yeah, to this one. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's what I wrote. Yeah, the other, it's I can I consider them to be little interludes, is what I would call them. Yeah, absolutely, and they're they're really awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I wish very surprising, very surprising. Yeah, I wish I knew more about them. <laughs> I kind of like that I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that there's that charm, definitely as well. Well, it's like, I mean, from what I can deduce, like, uh, just, it's just the band freaking out, right? I think it's just him and a drummer freaking out. Well, that's, I think I'm remembering from Draz, but for Boomtube, it's probably just him. I guess I was imagining it being like the band kind of getting weird. I could be totally wrong. Okay, track five is Time Trades. Speaking of time, uh, this song is just probably the most lyrically strong. Or one of the most lyrically strong. It's about, um, well, time is going to take take so much much away, but there's there's a way way that time time can can offer you a trade. And that is practicing something that you're going to get something out of. Because the more time you spend on practicing a thing, the more enjoyment you're going to get out of your time, which is just awesome. And maybe that's why they call a trade a trade, like when they say that you should go and learn a trade. The thing you do don't have to be to learn a trade, just get something back from time for all it takes away. Yeah, no, this one this one definitely stood out to me. I just wrote great lyricism. I also wrote, you know, it feels like by this point the band has kind of settled into what the sound is going to be for the album. You know, they've kind of cycled through a few different styles, but you kind of get the general feel of what, you know. Yeah, track five. What it, what, what it's going to be like, pretty much. Well, you said they have a, a few types of songs, and they've, by track five, have hit <clears throat> all of them. They did the full orchestration one, they did... Have they done like a Jeffrey Solo-ish kind of song yet? What, what have they done? Uh, no, they haven't really. Oh, well, I'll tell you. Uh, for no for one exclusive. We'll we'll get to that a little later. But they they've done like the the old school one. They've done the full orchestration one. They've done the 
lyric heavy one they've done the uh weird interlude one so yeah they've basically set up uh how the how the album's gonna go and track six is actually cult boyfriend that's kind of like another song that he does which is kind of like the chanty anthem yep which kind again, of one. I feel like this is kind of a, another kind of like signature thing of his, you know. Yeah. He he has other songs that are pretty similar stylistically. It feels another like. one is uh, "No LSD Tonight," where they kind of chant, "We don't want no LSD tonight." It's a really good song, and "Cult Boyfriend" is a a great Wikipedia song because through this song, no, for real, <laughs> it's a great Wikipedia song. No, oh, like it just meet meet, meet the, the feebles. Wikipedia that you won't be sorry. You say in terms of it's got a lot of information in it. Yeah, he just kind of like drops a bunch of cult stuff where you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the research that you do on it on Wikipedia because that's what happens. Uh, WFMU is interesting because I knew that like that's one of the ones that popped out to me. You're like, oh wait, it's a cult radio station. Uh, tuned in by a few devoted fans around the nation or something like that but when I was into really into Daniel Johnston Daniel Johnston did like a call-in episode on that radio station where he ha- where Daniel had a bunch of like pre-recorded stuff and he like played around and then Yola Tango called in and on the air they did a uh, like both of them were calling in I think it was it was Ira Kaplan and uh, Daniel and they did a uh, speedy motorcycle and they they did like a version of that and it was really good so then when they said wfmu on this song i was like hey god i know that god i know that and this one has a this yeah this one has a good guitar solo on it too at the very end uh, a classic jeffrey guitar solo Okay, but track seven, Krongu Green Slime. Now awesome. the reason, yeah, the yeah, really awesome. Yeah, the, uh, definitely one of the best. And this is another sort of trope of his, where it's basically just him and his guitar. I think there might be a little bit of drums. And maybe a bass, I didn't really hear, but it's such a great lyrical song. And before the land, before time, there was a time before land when the world was just slime, and Krongu was the brand. Yes, Krongu green sludge. Was the popular to me, it's just always a fine line, you know, in terms of like what I think is interesting enough, you know, musically and like no lyrically to hold my attention. I mean, that's what music is, really, is like if, if you're going to pay attention to something, then you want to have certain characteristics. Yeah, like this is the same, this is the same, I would say, as like maybe I got lost, like where you start hearing what he's singing about, and within the first verse, you're like, okay, I, I need to figure out what the hell he's where he's going with this, you know, like you're just. You're intrigued by it, so I think that's that's definitely a strength of his, like being able to write something that's kind of has a cohesive thing throughout, where you're able to follow it. 
which is not common all the time in lyrics because a lot of music can be really like lyrically quite obtuse and just like abstract and not really have a thread you know it's more like oh it's it's almost part of the atmosphere in a way when i write lyrics i try to make them as just as obtuse and as subjective as possible but but it seems like he's got such a specific message it's very impressive the way he writes lyrics i think mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying it's it's a, it's a unique thing because not everyone has it yeah a lot more a lot of music is more like oh it's just kind of it could mean a lot of different things like i think about grizzly bear especially i love that band but like that last record shields mm-hmm. a lot of those lyrics i feel like they could just mean anything like when i listen to it i just it's totally about my life you know which is great but it's like it's so it's such a different way of writing than something that's really it, ha- it has much more of a uh, when you said through. Grizzly Bear, it, it, uh, the song Eavesdropping is, I saw you leave the house last night, and I, you came across the porch and stood tall, and I think that you were eavesdropping on me, is, it goes something like that, and that's all, that's the lyrics to the entire song, but th- think about that song, and it's like, Jesus, is that all that he says? You know, because it's such. I don't. Is that off the first one? That's got to be off the first one, right? Ah, God, I can't remember. It's uh, yeah, it's off Horn of, Horn of Plenty. That's the but one I haven't listened to very much. You think about a million things within that those twenty words or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's yeah, that's and then with Krongu Green Slime, there's twenty thousand words, and you you think about. 20 billion things or you know whatever well but even then you think about this story though you know i mean you have this yeah you have something that's that is much more like has somewhat of a linear sense to it you know because he's actually talking about something that's unfolding you know and which i mean i guess the grizzly bear song is too but he's just giving you such a really small snippet of it a snapshot if you will but yeah it leaves way more to the imagination than you know and then you're really following a story krongu follows a story that's 20 billion years long it's <laughs> takes place from the very beginning of time in the land before time there was a time before land way back then until this slime corporation finally takes over everything oh really good song and this is where we have to flip the record because that's isn't that interesting that that's where they cut it off that's always a good thing to know when they uh do the record flip right oh you gotta be record flip track eight is try it again and this is one that he's described in one of the videos that i've seen as one of his only songs that oh we have a chord change now (laughs) i don't know if i would agree with that there's chord changes in his songs or did he mean key change that could be it. There's definitely chord changes in the songs. I mean, they're not all one chord. Maybe what you could do here is put a marker and then go to the YouTube clip and capture the audio where he actually says what he says. I think a lot of my songs tend to be um, very stripped down melodically and musically and very unadorned. And this one has a little bit more bells and whistles in the sense that it actually has a chord change 401 exclusive but uh try it again that's that's your uh 
That's kind of like a how can it be song. Yeah, pretty you much. Know. Yep. It's more of a cult boyfriend one then. No, I, I I think it's more of a how can it be. Yeah. How how can it be? So you try it again. Try. You know what I mean? It kind of has the same. I don't know what you'd call it. Meter almost. Yeah, yeah. But the it falls subject. in that kind of style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and track nine is when you're by yourself, and this one's another one where it the music almost seems stronger, but there's oh, totally. less of it. Well, well what I, what I put was that I, this one almost reminded me the most of the first one, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to me, they I mean they I wish I could I pulled the CD out, but I wish I could pull it. I didn't import it, but when you're by yourself, this one to me felt like there was. They stretch out a little bit more in terms of what they were actually doing, you know. Yeah. And and again, lyrically, just it seems to me like he's very great at addressing a theme. You know, what I mean, like having that kind of theme statement yes. of what the song is. Like you look at the song title and you know what it's about. You know what I mean? So like when he just has like that bold statement of when you're by yourself, it's, again, it's that kind of thing that to me it's like a line like that grabs me. It's like, okay, what do you have to say? Because. I'm there. And after <laughs> I'm hearing by it, myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> after hearing it, I know exactly what it's like to be by yourself in New York. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, uh, this one uh, definitely uh, stood out to me too, for sure. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not just you're not bullshitting me. It's really good, right? No, so I said that like I I, I took note of of the three or four that really stood out to me. And it was the first one to go and return. It was, I got lost. It was time trades. And it was this one in terms of like boom tube. Cause it's just crazy. But yeah, in terms of the actual songwriting. Yeah. Those were the four. And, so and you, even, and even the next one I really liked. Yeah. So, so what if I couldn't take it anymore or no. So what if I couldn't take it track mm-hmm. 10 and yeah, I, I wrote this seems to be kind of his signature style, no? Yes. Uh, it's yeah, that it's, cool, fast-speaking Bob Dylan thing. He drags he, the verses on hey. by adding one, two, three, or four, as many as, like, three or four too many lines at the end. So he'll keep, like, doing a run-on sentence at the end of every verse. That, that I, I like when he does that. That's interesting. You brought up Bob Dylan that time. That's what I have. That's, that's in the notes. Yeah, dude. He's, he's great. Uh, and he's talking about answering emails while he's eating old Chinese food and he really he's answered every email I've ever sent him 401 exclusive okay so from Draz we already touched on this one a little bit but it's that kind of weirdness I want, I want to say that so what I so what if I couldn't take it also has a good solo he really uh, ex- explores the space on that one I think I think him and I could we could get along I think from Draz, we did talk to. There's no notes for this one, and there's just it seems like just drums and feedback. Yeah, drums and guitar. It seemed like basically. Yeah. Something that DJ Consequence in 401 sometimes gets into from time to time. True. That is that is kind of our format sometimes. That's what we both do. So water leaking, water moving. I wrote cool production, interesting texture, wicked guitars at the end. Yeah, I wrote uh, build up because it just it starts out very sparse, but by the end of it, there's 
uh, vocal arrangement, there's orchestration, there's... It does have something for uh, from Draz and the other thing. It says, <coughs> Instrumentals created by Jeffrey Lewis under mysterious circumstances. That's what it says. <laughs> but, like, literally, and I've read this a thousand times, is I never even thought about, well, not a thousand times, but maybe, like, five times. No, oh, but that's, okay, so we got our answers. It was uh, mysterious circumstances. And the last song is Reaching, which I don't have any notes for. Reaching, reaching for a way out. Reaching, reaching for a hand. And walking, looking for a way home. So what are your... Like, are you into it? Are you going to sort of research Jeffrey a little more? Are you going to buy more of his stuff if you see it? What's what's I, the story? I feel like I looked into maybe some of his earlier, earlier stuff, and I think if I was to get any of it, that's probably what I would get. You know, like the real, uh, the early releases, I feel like, with any artist like that, I don't know. And, and, and like I said, definitely a number of the songs on this album, I thought, are pretty standout. On a whole, I don't know how much I would listen to it all the way through. Hmm. That's my two cents. Well, I am, because this was one of my picks, it goes without saying that I am, like, 100% on board with it. And I continue as much as I can to buy whatever he has. Uh, I got Darish to take uh, his now wife. And I always, oh, that's there's a marker right there because I said names. But I got them to go to a show in Richmond when they were living in Virginia. And I tried like a year before. I was like, hey, Jeffrey Lewis is going to be in your town. You should go check him out. He's, I, I might have sent like a YouTube link, like it's this kind of stuff. You should go see it. And they didn't that time. But the second year... They went to it, and uh, it just, like, Nourish, as in particular form of his, writes me this two-page email about his experience, and he was like, this and that. And uh, he ended up buying me a comic that Jeffrey did 
and Jeffrey wrote me a little goofy cartoon on it, and uh, he mailed that to me. And uh, Jeffrey does a thing where he takes Sonic Youth albums and he rewrites the lyrics in iambic pentameter, which is remind me what that is. That's what Shakespeare uses. It's I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a form of metering your uh, the bars of whatever. But it's it's a it's a rhythmic mm-hmm. lyricism that has a set pattern. So he takes the lyrics of Sonic Youth songs and writes them in iambic pentameter, and he creates little comic books of that. Like and uses I, the same words but rearranges the words. No, or he rewrites changes. the words entirely rewrites the words entirely keeping the same uh topic or keeping like i don't i'll take a picture of one of them and send it to you but i've been or i'll buy one because they're fucking two dollars on his website i'll send one to you text me your address but i've been doing that to jared whenever i kind of think about it really because he has like four or five of them but uh case in point dude is just like classic artist where this is all he does like you're not going to catch him fucking selling his music anywhere this is all he does and i he's just an artist that i get behind 100 so that was uh episode five jeffrey lewis a turn in the dream songs with my guest DJ Consequence. This is the 401 Experiment. Rusted Bucket Media Corporation.